focus for this episode is on a medieval garment over 600 years old, worn by Edward of Woodstock, the Black Prince. During his lifetime, he wasn't known as the Black Prince, but simply Edward of Woodstock, eldest son of King Edward III of England. He died prematurely, aged just 46, in 1376. His tomb, comprising of a magnificent gilded copper effigy, is located in the Trinity Chapel of Canterbury Cathedral. His other titles include Prince of Wales and Aquitaine, Duke of Cornwall, Earl of Chester and Founder Knight of the Order of the Garter, founded by his father Edward III in 1348. A Knight of the Most Noble Order of the Garter is dedicated to the image and arms of St George, England's patron saint. Hello and welcome to yet another Stitch Safari podcast, a sprightly and upbeat expedition into the alluringly appealing ambrosial world of stitch history, art and embroidery. Each fortnight we'll trek through and discover the utilitarian, the decorative, the quirky and the just plain fun world that is the art of the needle. My name's Cathy Jack Copeland and I'm the Stitch Safari Expedition Leader. I'm an Australian textile artist, teacher, judge, blogger and stitch enthusiast whose work in contemporary machine stitch became my business. The Prince and Warrior's Jupon, surcoat or tabard, which until World War II hung above his effigy in Canterbury Cathedral, is an incredibly old and rare example of spectacular, secular, medieval English embroidery, known collectively as Opus Anglicanum. Although now incredibly fragile and greatly faded, this fascinating garment not only projects a magnificent image of an imposing and chivalrous warrior prince, but is also a powerful worldly insight into the intriguing and complex man for whom it was made, portraying a love of fashion exemplified by the extremely lavish use of only the finest and most expensive materials of that time, personalised specifically for him by the application of fer de lis for uh, France and the leopards of England. And various sources interpret the animal motives on the jupon as both leopards and lions. However, looking closely at the motives indicates a longer, more sinuous body, suggesting they are indeed leopards. Silver gilt threads were most likely those used to create the stunning motives, made from gold-coated silver. From the measurements of the garment, Edward was tall and light, but wearing armour weighing more than 20 kilograms, as well as a padded and quilted jupon, would have meant he was well used to strenuous physical activities such as fighting, mounting and dismounting his horse, as well as manoeuvring weapons, all of which would have required training for his warrior pursuits from a very young age. 
Edward of Woodstock was a man of action and this fascinating garment worn over body armour could be considered textile armour or a military garment in its own right afforded by the padded quilting. It would have taken about three body servants to dress him into the jupon. And his jupon must have held great significance for him as his will stated that it was to be hung above his tomb. He wanted to project an imposing image as a chivalrous warrior prince and that's exactly what this garment must have done in his lifetime. It must have glowed in colour and reflected light from the richness of the gilt embroidery. Every part of the jupon is handmade and was labour intensive. The linen ground and backing fabrics, the rich velvet, one of the most expensive materials of this time, and the uh, embroidered motives representing this warrior prince's heraldry. And let's not forget, in the heat of battle, jupons such as this would have been a very necessary means of identification of friend or foe. It's an ostentatious display of royal wealth and status, but would also have acted as a rallying point to the men fighting alongside him on the battlefield, urging them forward with his leadership and bravado, contrasting completely with the idea of camouflage and concealment. It's also a garment researchers have declared was made to be worn, costing around £20 at that time, equivalent to a year's salary for a senior officer in the royal household. The name the Black Prince only became attributed to him sometime in the 16th century, some believing it was because he possessed a penchant for wearing black armour, some theorising a black reputation brought about by his brutal raids and victories in battle, yet others suggesting it was for the black field behind three white ostrich feathers on his arms of peace or tournament arms. Edward nonetheless earned distinction as one of the most successful English military leaders of the Middle Ages and was considered a model of chivalry and one of the greatest knights of his age. So for over 600 years his jupon, helmet, shield and gauntlets have been preserved at Canterbury Cathedral displaying and depicting some of the heraldic components to which he was entitled to bear on his coat of arms known as his armorial achievements or simply achievements. It was the custom to carry a dead knight's crested helm and other armour to his funeral. Edward of Woodstock's jupon was exhibited as part of the Opus Anglicanum, masterpieces of English medieval embroidery at the v Museum in London in 2016-17. The jupon, made from a thick linen base fabric layered with wool padding and alternating panels of red and blue velvet decorated with applied motifs of fleur-de-lis embroidered with gilt thread on the blue panel representing France 
and heraldic leopards also worked in gilt thread representing England applied to the red panels. This fragile, faded and somewhat altered garment is no longer on public display due to its delicate condition. The garment is half-sleeved and closed using lacing through 80 pairs of eyelets at the front of the outfit. Silver strips across the chest and sleeves is an indication of cadency, marking out the wearer as the son of a king. Now, stitching onto velvet with its hefty nap and difficult texture would pose a problem for any embroiderer. But one way to deal with this challenge is to do exactly what these medieval embroiderers did. Work the motifs firstly onto a manageable ground fabric, then transfer that using applique onto the velvet. Applique work was produced throughout the later Middle Ages as a rapid method of producing both large and small scale personalised items, often incorporating heraldic designs. Multiple motives could also be embroidered at one time in a large embroidery workshop. The 14th and 15th centuries offer ample documentary evidence of applique furnishings at the English court, but none such have survived, which makes the survival of this remarkable secular garment with applied embroidery so very special. Records exist showing a London broderer from the 1350s, Giles Avenel from Brussels, sold numerous items to Edward the Black Prince. A British BBC4 program, A Stitch in Time, presented by fashion historian Amber Butchart, featuring historical costumier Ninja Michaelia and her team, follows the process of research and reconstruction of this historical quilted and heavily embroidered garment worn by Edward in the late 14th century. Historical records were delved into, but it was Janet Arnold's article, The Jupon or Coat Armour of the Black Prince in Canterbury Cathedral, published in the Journal of the Church Monument Society, that provided the information the team were looking for. The dimensions, construction details and diagrams showing the placement of the embroidered motives. Working out aspects of historical construction is not an easy process, so in consultation with textile historian Lisa Monas and information secured from Edward III's own household accounts, trials began on stitching samples, enabling the team to determine the most probable methods used at that time. Different construction methods included stitching first, then stuffing the cot with cotton fibre, followed by stitching through the layers with the cotton fibre already sandwiched between layers of linen, as well as variations on both these techniques. The embroidery motifs were designed digitally before full-scale drawings were made for the embroiderers to work from. These were transferred to the background fabric using the traditional prick and pounce method. Tambour embroidery was used for the leopards and couching for the fleur-de-lis motifs, all undertaken entirely by hand by a team of expert Indian embroiderers. On return to the UK, 
These motifs were carefully cut from the background fabric, very close to the stitching, then appliqued onto the quilted and padded base layer. Finishing included a lining and a binding around the neckband. In all, the work to make the replica of Edward the Black Prince's jupon took over 1,000 hours to complete, much of which was taken up by the hand embroidery. The jupon, costly even in the 14th century, would be prohibitive today, but the making of its replica reveals the magnificence of medieval designed embroidery and their use of vibrant colours to produce a glorious garment. Truly a jupon fit for a prince. If you'd like to view this episode, simply go to YouTube and type in the Black Prince's Jupon in the search bar. What a poignant and vividly expressive garment this is and was, perhaps showing just a hint of the beginnings of a symbiotic relationship between fashion and military attire, and how fortunate it has endured and survived. Well, that brings this episode of Edward of Woodstock's Dupont to a close, and thank you for your time. I really hope these episodes inspire you to delve and research further yourself. I believe there's just so much inspiration to be had from medieval times. Don't forget to tell your friends about this podcast and follow Stitch Safari on Facebook and Instagram. Till my next episode, bye for now. Bye.